Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Chad, I'll be honest, it feels like hour one. It's hour three of the show, just like that. We are the Benjamin Button of sports talk radio in that we age in reverse. (laughs) Hour three feels like hour one. We're just flipping the script on you the entire time and extending your enjoyment. So now this I've, feels like hour one for us. That's one of those films I've often thought, like, if you're Brad Pitt and you read that script, how does that say, you know what? That is, that's something I want to do. When, you, when the page one, it says, so my character begins as a really old baby. You're, yeah, you're born as <laughs> right? a, yes. Oh, an old man. Yeah, like the old man, elderly baby, uh, and then ages goes in reverse. reverse. Yeah, that's, that's a, I, apparently it was a popular book. I mean, to be I fair, they optioned the rights to it. It's a much better script than 80 for Brady. Yeah. I'm uh, currently in a... I haven't uh, even seen it. We can know that. I'm getting Facebook messages from a, a loyal, longtime listener, Rick and Ridgetop. And yes. he, he's, he's explaining to me, he says, these actresses are really good, so the movie's going to be good. And I, I responded and said, just because they're... And I agree, they're good actresses, doesn't mean it's going to be a good movie. <laughs> and then he says, well, I like to laugh. And these are comedic actresses, so I'll like it. And my final response was, go watch the trailer and tell me how much you legitimately laugh at this movie, and then tell me if you think you're going to laugh at it. These are good comedic actresses, but just because you're a good comedic actress or actor, you can't save a terrible script. That's the problem. It appears to me, at least, Hutton, with 80 for Brady, from what I'm seeing. The script remains the same in Las Vegas for the SEC as we check out the Las Vegas rankings, courtesy of PhilSteel.com. He allows us behind his paywall uh, where he gives out all of the college football rankings according to Las Vegas and how they would rank teams based on neutral field aspects, meaning who would be favored starting at one and going all the way through the worst teams in college football. Georgia, number one in the country according to Las Vegas. Again, Ohio State not listed here, but we can tell you Ohio State's there. Alabama three, Tennessee five. This remains the same. LSU up to, uh, they're at seven. Ole Miss and Mississippi State in the top 20. Florida back up there at 21. They've been playing well recently. They yeah. get Vandy this week too. Uh, Vandy also up there. They were well in the triple digits and now they're, they're all right. the way up to 91. Still quite a ways back from 60 at Texas A&M, which... Kind of surprises me, honestly. There's that big of a separation. Uh, outside of the SEC, Hutton, TCU, mm-hmm. 13th. TCU behind teams like Oregon, Clemson, Utah, Penn State in the in the Vegas rankings. Uh, looking at this, and I, I was talking to a, a, a buddy who knows handicapping well. I asked him, if Tennessee and TCU, with that separation, 5 to 13, what would be the point spread on a neutral side? He said, Tennessee minus 7. If they played on a neutral site, would be the point spread. Now, again, Vegas rankings do not factor in that we know of to the college football playoff committee's decision. Right. But I just think it's interesting every week 
how relative to their success, TCU is undervalued. They're undefeated. So, they continue to win. They won in a way no one expected. We thought it was going to be more of a shootout at Texas. They went in a defensive battle, but yet Vegas still says they're a good team. They're not great. They're 13th in the country based on what they, they would see with TCU and how they would put them in a point spread head-to-head on a neutral field. Arkansas moved down a couple of spots from last week, according to Las Vegas, uh, with their value. Again, it shines off of Arkansas and Kentucky. Kentucky to 36. Last week, they were at 25th. Remember when Kentucky was hanging strong in the top 25 forever? Yeah. This season in this ranking, and they've they've bottomed out a bit. Uh, Missouri around loss, the same. A home loss to Vandy will do that to you. It didn't matter that Missouri and ran it back on the opposite end of the scoreboard to Tennessee. They're, they were 50, they're 51 last week. Not the type of run it back you want to do when you give up 62 one year and say, yeah. guys, let's run it back. Let's do 66 this the year. The reverse. Yes. The reverse. Uh, Texas A&M, 60. Think that's about a, that. Let's go, let me move up here. Let's go to, uh, they were at 29th when we started doing this on a neutral field in Las Vegas. Um, this was October the 6th. And by November 17th, they're at 60. It's crazy. Nuts. It is crazy. By the way, Texas A&M this week, they host UMass. UMass, Hutton. Why do I bring up UMass? Go ahead. They are hanging tough as the worst team in FBS, according to Vegas. <laughs> they are 131, a full point. They have the, the point system with Vegas. A full point behind FIU at 130, and then Hawaii. At 129. Someone's playing New Mexico State this week also. And they're 128. Maybe Missouri? I think someone in the SEC is playing New Mexico State. is also one of the worst teams in the country. All, there's not many good games in the conference this week. No. That's why you've got Georgia-Kentucky on CBS. That is a 22-point spread. Um, Georgia's a 22-point favorite at Kentucky Tennessee is a 21-and-a-half-point favorite. Your top 10 games of the week, are, is it going to be a, a struggle tomorrow? I haven't really gotten that far, <laughs> Hutton, but um, I, I have started writing my column on top five storylines I'm watching this week, and just by sifting through everything going on this weekend, yes. I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, it's going to be a real struggle coming up with 10 really good games uh, tomorrow. This is a bad week. Now, next week is incredible. I have 15 to 20 I could choose from with rivalry week, the, the last week, the Thanksgiving weekend of the season. And, oh, by the way, this is a note for Davey also, uh, obviously we're going to be out of here for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but the games start on Thanksgiving. We'll do an early top 10 games the college football weekend Perfect. because really good games that Thursday, some, a couple good games that Friday next week of Thanksgiving weekend, and then Saturday it gets kicked off with big noon kickoff, which is the game. The game, which I said yesterday – shares that distinction, Michigan, Ohio State, and Harvard-Yale both call their game the game. Tonight, Titans on the road against the Green Bay Packers for Thursday night football. This will determine, like, there is a, there's a perception now after what Green Bay did, backs against the wall against Dallas. You could see the reaction from Matt LaFleur. He was emotional uh, after the win last week in overtime against Dallas because they trailed 28-14, to came back and won that game in overtime. Um and Aaron Rodgers threw just 14 passes, or completed 14 passes, excuse me. But of those completions, over 230 yards, three touchdowns, and they got their receivers involved. Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, others. They ran the football very well 
and uh, shredded Dallas's defense. I, I say that about last week on Sunday to bring up the matchup tonight, which is reverse. Dallas is awful at stopping the run. The Titans have the second best run defense in the NFL. They have the second worst pass defense in the NFL. The game plan is going to call for Aaron Rodgers to throw the football more. And the question is, um, are they going to be able to have the same type of success, Chad, with the young receivers? Are they coming Are they coming of age here? Or is this going to be a struggle tonight the way it's been all season for, for Rodgers? I think the answer to that comes down to Christian Watson. Yeah. I think if he can follow that up with what he did a week ago, uh, he's a guy who can really affect the Titans defense. And it's a great Titans defense. It's two things, pass rush and really getting to Aaron Rodgers for the Titans. And then for the, the Packers, I, if I'm just circling a player and saying, boy, this is a guy who could win the game for them, Aaron Rodgers obviously is going to be a big part of whatever they're doing, but it's Christian Watson. I think he's an X factor in this game. Christian Watson and what he did a week ago is what the Titans really need to see from Traylon Burks at some point. That's going to knock the top off what the Titans can do offensively. It's not going to magically transform them into a great offense, yeah. but what it's going to do is give them options. Because right now, we're in the YouTube chat right now, and people are talking about this Packers-Titans game, and we know the formula, winning ugly, and it's defense plus Derrick Henry equals success for the Titans. That's really about it right now. Traylon Burks emerging changes the dynamic for them. Christian Watson emerging for the Packers changes a little bit of what they can do but I'm with you, Hutton. I think we're going to see a very different game plan tonight from the Packers as opposed to what they did against the Cowboys. Shorthanded defense for the Titans. Um, they need to get the run game going. Ball control Titans to keep this a, a four-quarter game. It's always going to be kind of a messy, sloppy, cloudy, uh, just a, a muddy game for the Titans, right? It's going to be ugly, but they win ugly, and they win. Uh, meanwhile, it's been ugly in Green Bay, and they haven't been winning, but they got a big win, and... Chad, I like your point. Like this, this could really propel them over a five-day period with back-to-back wins, to where it gives you, you know, the the win on Sunday allows allows Green Bay to keep their their head above water. A win tonight gives them oxygen, right? It gives them some energy and uh, pumps some oxygen into the blood as they have ten days before their matchup against Philadelphia. Every team that Green Bay has faced this season has rushed for at least 117 yards, with the exception of Tampa Bay. Um, They've allowed more than five yards per carry in five of their 10 games, Green Bay's defense has. Meanwhile, you've got Henry coming off of a game where, and he's he's had two straight games where he has not been the, the bell cow of the offense. And I think he's got to be tonight. You know, the carries have not reached that that type of threshold we're used to seeing since the the 32 that we saw, uh, was it three weeks ago, against the Houston Texans. Teams that have been willing to run uh, at, at at least 27 attempts against the Packers um, have success. I mean, they th- that's the game plan against Green Bay's D. They've allowed three 100-yard rushers at least eight times. A player has rushed for at least 70 yards or more. I bring this up because Henry's coming off of a game. It was his second lowest output we've seen in a long time from him. And he's also scored like, I think the stats like 64 touchdowns in 64 games. 
Um, I'll try to find this real quick. It's, it's 64 rushing touchdowns in 64 games since 2018. No other player in that same time, stra- time span has four, more than 47 touchdowns rushing. So that's their key. And the key, I like what you, it, it's Christian Watson. It's uh, Alan Lazard, uh, Robert Tunyon. Can they spread the wealth in the pass game tonight for Green Bay? Unlike what they did uh, at a, a high volume rate against Dallas. Well, and for the Titans on the flip side of that, I mean, it's, look, I know that Patrick Mahomes had a record night in terms of yards and rushing and all that combined, but the Titans frustrated them in that matchup with the Chiefs. They didn't score a ton of points. They gave themselves a chance because they got him scrambling around and moving quickly out of his spot. I think it's got to be the same tonight. And even with the injuries, somehow Mike Vrabel and Shane Bowen find a way to plug guys in and make it happen with a pass rush. Yes, and they they have to and find... And it's very much a team effort. They have to find turnovers tonight, too, the Titans. The, the, the Packers have a minus five turnover differential. That's 29th in the league. Uh, over the last three years, uh, they have led the NFL in differential at plus 32. It's the exact opposite of the efficiency we're used to seeing. Rodgers barely throws interceptions in a regular season. I think he had four last year total. And they're, they're turning it over a lot more this year. Meanwhile, the Titans defense gives up yards, but not many points. They've allowed, I believe, just over, I do know, just over 15 points per game since they were destroyed in Buffalo in week two. Since that point, uh, least amount of points allowed per game. And they've averaged, they've allowed on average more than four, at least 400 yards of total offense in their non-divisional matchups this season. In those six games. So, this is Rodgers coming to life, or it's probably more of the same narrative tonight post game. It's just what we've, what we've, what's been the norm for Green Bay this year. We all look; everybody's guilty of it. We tend to overreact, uh, especially to a game on on national TV where everyone's watching. This is the lone game in this time window. So tomorrow, the story on this show and every other show to me is going to be one of two things: look at the Packers over those five days; they've made themselves relevant. And here comes Aaron Rodgers, just like here came Tom Brady the past two weeks. And uh, the big boys are back in town. And they're going to lead their teams on a playoff push. May be successful, may not, but here they come. Or it's going to be, how in the world do these Titans continue to do this? They just went to Lambeau on Thursday night and won, and now they're 7-3. and three, And they're even with a loss, they're going to be in great position in the AFC South. But the questions are going to start hunting about, is this a team we should pay attention to? Because no one's really doing that right now. That's right. But I think win this game on Thursday night football in front of America at Lambeau, stop Aaron Rodgers, a little bit of momentum he got with that win over the Cowboys, and once again, questions about the Titans' legitimacy will start tomorrow. Two players you're not thinking about here that will play a factor in the game, and we'll give more details of this. Josh Lambeau. Lambeau kicking at Lambeau. He's played one career game there. He was two for two kicking. Um he is the fill-in kicker who's elevated from the practice squad because Randy Bullock uh, has a, a calf issue. He can't kick tonight. And, Chad, how worried are you that Ben Jones isn't playing and they're going to have uh, another center in there tonight? Man, I, I would normally say, I mean, it, it, it's bad because he's such a leader of that Aaron offensive Brewer line. Um, and, they, yeah, they are sliding over another starter into that spot. But what we've seen with some backup centers in yeah. this league – yeah. And how quickly that timing can be thrown off. It's it's something to watch early. 
That, that's what You're I would right. say about it. I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on that early in this game to see if we have a missed exchange, a bad snap, a missed time snap at some point. That could change the game. Coming up, one big thing on every NFL game for Week 11 on OutKick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Ehop here and Old Smoky Moonshine. Always great when a great friend of the show, Duke Turnbow, in the house today. Wishing both he and his wife, Melissa, the very best. Chad, um, two of the very best. Oh, absolutely. Duke and Melissa. We've got a, a, the best spot to watch the game tonight, too. Yes, here at we Sixth do. And Peabody, if you're in the Middle Tennessee area, if you're ever visiting Nashville, come see us here at the Outkick Studios, located with Old Smoky Moonshine, Yeehaw Beer, the distillery and brewery, right here on site. Hey, quick update on listener Rick and Ridgetop. I told him, I said, hey, yep. comedic actresses, but check out that trailer for 80 for Brady. Let me know what you think. He responded and said, I'm laughing already. Let me know your mom's reaction. <laughs> To the trailer. So look, what we've learned is it's not marketed to us, Hutton. This is not our demo. That's what 80 right. for Brady. It's not It's not for us. It's just like any made-for-TV film. It's simply yeah. not for us. Christmas on Elm Street and all the made-for-TV movies that are out right now. Also probably not for us. You know what I have for us? What's that? One big thing on uh, every one of my favorites. NFL game. I'm marking these down. I've got my pen out. Here we go. Bye weeks this week for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Seattle Seahawks. Miami Dolphins and Tampa Bay Buccaneers starts tonight. The six and three Tennessee Titans on the road against the Green Bay Packers, who enter at four and six. The Titans have been in eight one-score games. They've scored more than twenty-one points only twice this season. The Titans sacked Russell Wilson six times last week. Eighteen hits on the Denver Broncos quarterback. Uh, they did that without Bud Dupree. They did that without Jeffrey Simmons. They did that, of course, without Harold Landry. Simmons is hopeful to play this evening. Derrick Henry averaged just 2.8 yards per carry against the Broncos. That was his second lowest rush average of the season. Uh, meanwhile, on the flip side, rookie Christian Watson, breakout game against the Cowboys. Uh, he had a touchdown catches, including the 58-yarder and a 39-yarder. And just keep this in mind. 36 carries combined for Derrick Henry over the last two weeks. He has fewer carries right now through nine games than he did through eight games last year. 
Titans and Packers tonight, Thursday night football, 8.15 Eastern kickoff time. Something that could affect that run game uh, right now, Stacey Dales is on NFL Network, and it is snowing in Lambeau. It has started to flurry right now. No word on actual accumulation, but well, it was something snowing, to watch. It was snowing the last couple days there, and it was supposed to dissipate by kickoff time, I believe. Well, this is saying that it just started flurrying in, uh, in Green Bay today for the first time. So something to watch. Only over 21 points twice this season for the Titans is crazy to have that record yep. and have that step. My last time at Lambeau, snow. It's glorious. Let's get it going. Snow game tonight. Three and seven Chicago. The Bears with Justin Fields. Not a good record. Justin Fields like looks like a good quarterback as of late for the Chicago Bears. Uh, meanwhile, the Falcons have dropped some games recently. They're at four and six overall, but they're still right there, believe it or not, for the NFC South uh, battling with Tampa Bay. Atlanta has 10 days to prepare for this as they kick off on Sunday. Their next four opponents, Atlanta, they take on Chicago, Washington, Pittsburgh, and New Orleans. This is a chance for the Falcons to go on a run and actually put some heat on Tampa Bay for the division lead. Uh, those opponents, a combined record of 13-26. and 26. If you're going to do it, Atlanta, do it against the Bears, the Commanders, the Steelers, and the Saints. The time is now. It starts with this one. If you are going to actually make a run and challenge for that division, it feels like it's tough to say anything totally definitively in this league right now, but you got to beat the three and seven Bears at home, right? If you're going to start a run for the division. The one thing I will Seems say... Seems like a must. And it's random, but it's true. Teams are 0-8 this season after playing the Carolina Panthers. Atlanta coming off a game with Carolina. Speaking of the Panthers, they're on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens at 6-3. The Panthers at 3-7. The Ravens, they're not going to play another team with a winning record until... As of right now, their final regular season game against Cincinnati. That's why I think Baltimore's about to run away with the division. We've seen crazier things happen, but the Ravens' schedule is extremely beneficial right now for Lamar Jackson and company. He has completed over 60% of his passes um, just one time, though, in Baltimore's last five games. And if the Panthers' curse holds up, though, then maybe the Ravens will have some problems after this game. Hutton with the statue just broke out uh, about yeah. Carolina. Potentially, yeah. Uh, no, I don't see that happening. Cleveland on the road in Buffalo, but they're they're on the road against the Bills. The Bills are also going on the road now. The official, this game will kick off in Detroit at Ford Field, not in Orchard Park because of Snowmageddon that's hitting Buffalo right now. Josh Allen's running continues to be the rushing offense for the Buffalo Bills. He, uh, he's rushed for 219 yards over the last three games, and he's averaging over 10 yards per rush attempt from the quarterback spot. Commanders and Texans. No one will be watching this game. <laughs> the Commanders at 5-5, five and five, the Texans at 1-7-1. One, one. John McClain will be watching. That's about it. Taylor Heineke, 3-1 and one is the starter for the team since he took over for Carson Wentz. He needs to remain the starter even when Wentz is able to go. Uh, he's been the starter since week seven. Washington, um, they didn't run it well. They ran it a lot, though, against Philadelphia. And they converted 12 of 21 possible third down attempts. And that's how they took down Philadelphia. They are now taking on a Houston run defense that is not good. 
they can actually run it a lot and run it well with a lot of effectiveness in this game in Houston. Hutton, I feel like the last time Taylor Heineke got a little run yeah. and people started talking about him as a potential starter for Washington, it was right around the three or four game mark that it started to fall apart a little bit for him. Yeah, but his overall record as a starter is like 11-4 and four or something. Yeah, but I feel like his play started to deteriorate right around this time. We'll see if it does this time. Uh, Damian Pierce in this, he, the rookie tailback for Houston, he is their one bright spot. He is currently fifth in the NFL in rushing, and he has rushed for more than 90 yards in five of the Texans' last six games. If you're looking for a prop or a reason to watch this game, watch for Damian Pierce here. Philadelphia coming off their first loss. They're 8-1. They are on the road in Indianapolis as Jeff Saturday's Colts. Matt Ryan's Colts return home to Lucas Oil Stadium at 4-5-1 on the season. Can Jonathan Taylor be the JT from last year? The Eagles, again, entered last week number one in time of possession. But Washington controlled the clock. And that's the remedy for facing Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith, who's on the injury report this week. Philly ran a season-low 47 plays last week on Monday. And now they're on the road against Indy. They've got a little juice, a little momentum, and they are going to run the football with Jonathan Taylor. Can he be like last year? Because he hasn't been like last year, in part because of injury, in part because, for whatever reason, Frank Reich never fully turned everything over to a run-first offense. Well, he's 1-0 doing that with Jeff Saturday as the head coach. Can yep. he go to 2-0? and and if Jeff Saturday goes to 2-0 after beating the 8-1 Eagles, look out. That's quite the story after two weeks uh, with, the, with the interim head coach. Uh, Eagles tied in, by the way, uh, Dallas Goddard. He is on injured reserve. Placed there yesterday. He's going to miss at least four weeks. Shoulder issue uh, that popped up during the Monday night game against Washington. Jets and Patriots, Chad. 6-3 and three against 5-4. and four. The Jets coming off their bye week. The Patriots... Keep in mind, the Patriots, Belichick talked about this. He, th- he felt like the last two games, it was Indianapolis, and then prior to that, it was the Jets. He felt like those de- there were defenders that knew what play was coming before they even snapped the football. When they lined up, they were calling out the play. The Jets now coming off the bye. New England's going to have to change some stuff up with what they're doing. But they've had a ton of success against the Jets. Belichick has. The Patriots have. The Jets have allowed just 15, we'll say 16 points per game on average in their last six games. Five of those have been wins. Then the question pops up again, who's the one making those adjustments on offense to make sure you're not tipping your plays against the Jets? Yeah, the Jets have not been good on third down. Um, 26% conversion rate on third down over the last four games. They're going to have to move the chains here or it's going to be more of the same with what we've seen from, from the Patriots' dominance here. Rams and Saints. Matthew Stafford, it appears he's going to play after missing last week. On pace to return, according to the team. Clearing concussion protocol. He missed last week against the Cardinals. This is an offense that scored more than 17 points just one time in their last six games without uh, Cooper Cup. And they're going to be without him now for the foreseeable future with the high ankle sprain. Not good. No. And, man, both of these teams, just looking at those numbers next to them, 3-6 and six versus 3-7, and seven, with the expectations yep. around both of these groups coming into the season. And, Hutton, you, we've been talking about it, but Dennis Allen on the list of possible one-and-dones this year. Yeah. 
And for whatever reason, they're going back to Andy Dalton. He's two and five as the starter this season for for New Orleans. He's been sacked only 10 times, though, in like 230 pass attempts. But again, two and five as the starter. Uh, Lions and Giants. Lions at three and six on the road against the seven and two New York Giants. The Lions, Chad, are coming off their first road win under Dan Campbell. Happened last week in Chicago. Uh, They had lost 12 straight on the road under Dan Campbell. And the preseason discussion, Daniel Jones, we were discussing this, was told to open it up, turn it loose with Brian Dayball. Don't play scared. It's not bombs over Baghdad here. But... He's not playing scared. In fact, there's a decision to make right now on, okay, are you bringing back Saquon Barkley? Are you bringing back Daniel Jones? I don't know on either. I don't know if you want to go fully invest in the running back spot or if they're going to go you know, with a different philosophy there. But they're winning at 7-2. and two, And, you know, they're six straight games here without an interception for Daniel Jones. He's not turning the football over. And that's been the story of why he struggled so much behind a bad offensive line but also Eric throws so far during this stretch he's protecting the football Hutton I was only about two and a half months off when I started talking about the Lions being a contender and maybe being actually good this year now is the time they turn it on Lions are going there and winning this weekend what's interesting is the Giants defense only has two total interceptions all season just two so maybe this is the game where Jared Goff is just fine He's not throwing those terrible passes. We'll find out. We know one thing. Um, Dan Campbell's going to be excited either way, one way or the other, either angry or happy on the sideline. Well, Dan Campbell's never won back-to-back games on the road as the Lions head coach. Jared Goff has not won back-to-back games on the road since 2018. Chad's calling it. Lions winning. Late Go afternoon big. Late, starts late big for money you. on that one with the Lions money line. The, the, the Las Vegas Raiders at 2-7 and seven against the 3-6 and six Denver Broncos. This is not the matchup we thought in August. This was... Maybe we would have previewed this game as a battle for a wild card. Not the case in this. Uh, the magic number, by the way, is... That eight. whole division is so disappointing outside of Kansas City. Well, the Chargers have a shot, but... Yeah. But the whole division, top to bottom, is not like. But I would, if yeah, I agree. By having a shot, I would say, coming in, we thought you know all four could be good, at least three of the four. If you told me two of the four were good and the other two weren't, I'd say those two were elite. That there would be two teams at the top of the division, both being elite. There's only one elite team in that division. It's the Chiefs, and the that's Raiders, a disappointment for that division. The Raiders are this year's um, Minnesota Vikings. They have lost six. Uh, of their seven games by seven points or less. They're losing all their close games. Last year, they were really good in tight window ball games. Uh, the Broncos defense, they've held opponents to a league best 16 and a half points per game. The magic number, though, for Denver is 18. They would be 8-1 and one today if every game they scored just 18 points. Crazy. 8-1. and one. That's how good their defense has been. That is a crazy stat. And that's, well, and yeah, their defense has been good. Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett have been that bad. As good as the defense has been, 
they've been equally as bad your, on the other side. Your declaration of Nathaniel Hackett after week one in Seattle is the best declaration of the season thus far. I saw enough with that late game decision making. I knew, I knew then. What we all know now. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings. This is a game to watch. Six and three Dallas. Eight and one Minnesota. In Minnesota. So we've got the Vikings defense tied for the league lead with 18 takeaways. They had four against the Buffalo Bills last week. Meanwhile, the Dallas Cowboys, if they're not leading the league with 33 sacks, they're at least second in the league. Um, having not updated my stats, I raised my hand on this, since the Green Bay game. Um, but also keep in mind, this is a defense that gave up season highs to the Bills. The Vikings did. In points, they gave up season high in yards and first downs. I don't know the over-under of this game. Take the over. I think both offenses show up and they can move the football. And I would also say this is a great week for Dalvin Cook. I um, am shocked by the line in this one. This is one of the more... This is the strangest line I've seen all season. Which is what? What is it now? It is Dallas minus one and a half. So On the road at Minnesota. Minnesota coming off a road win against the Bills. Eight and one. There's two games separating the two. Cowboys just lost the Packers, yet they are a one and a half point favorite in Minnesota. It's a big so Dallas is now on a short week, so they've got the turnaround too, because they will play in Minnesota and then they're playing Thanksgiving Day. They're hosting the New York Giants. Um this is also back to back weeks, Chad, where they have been the strangest line in Vegas. Yeah, and it's but usually those strange lines happen. With the home team getting the benefit of yeah, the strange Yeah, what does line. Vegas know here? Yeah, right. It's, it's rare you see it the other way the, where the, the betting visiting public's team with Minnesota. Is, is the favorite. And they're trying to – are they trying to flip it? Are they trying to get you to take – are they trying to get the – they are. It makes me believe that the Cowboys are winning by seven. You know, they're going to cover the one yeah. and a half. But it's it's enticing to take Minnesota. Again, what I think is just strange. C.D. Lamb. money line is the underdog at home. C.D. Lamb went off last week. Also an, an undervalued storyline – off of their loss. He had a career high in receptions and receiving yards against Green Bay. Bengals and Steelers. Cincinnati on the road. They had the breaking news tweet earlier. Yeah, they had a tweet that Cincinnati Bengals tweeted out. Breaking. We're still playing in Pittsburgh. <laughs> which was awesome after the news that the Bills, and Bills and Browns had been moved. Bengals are 5-4. and four. Steelers are 3-6. and six. Jamar Chase not expected to play in this. He should be back. Uh, 10 days from now, as the Bengals will be here in Nashville to take on the Titans. The Bengals only have 14 sacks. That's the fifth fewest in the NFL. And um, according to 33rd team, that's the smallest total by a team with a winning record. Chiefs and Chargers. This is a game that was flexed to Sunday Night Football. The Chiefs are 7-2. and two. The Chargers are 5-4. and four. This feels like a last stand type game for Los Angeles. And the, the Chargers here, that they've They've got to come back home. They have, over the last couple of years, played well against Kansas City, not necessarily beating them, but this has always been a very entertaining game. Nicole Hardiman, uh, Nicole Hardiman placed on injured reserve with an abdomen injury today, and Patrick Mahomes has a league-high 25 um, touchdown passes. Um, he will, with four more touchdown passes Sunday, he'll have a league-high 25 uh, and move it to uh, nearly 29 on the season. Uh, Kansas City, by the way, they have allowed 19 touchdown passes this season. 
So we talked about this division being a disappointment a little bit earlier. This is a way to get some of that uh, preseason charm back with the Chargers yes. winning this game. Yes. And then only being separated by one game from the Chiefs. Now suddenly we're looking at two teams at the top that are very good. And this this is the, 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 the Chiefs have the lowest salary cap dollars dedicated to injured reserve right now in the NFL. Meanwhile, the Chargers are amongst the, the worst in that regard. Uh, they're without Keenan Allen. They're without Mike Williams. Um, Austin Eckler has been used a ton more in the passing game because of that. And he has 36 catches over his last four games out of the backfield. 49ers and Cardinals, Monday night football. San Francisco at 5-4. and four. The Cardinals at 4-6 and six coming off their win in Los Angeles against the Rams. Uh, 49ers, 3-0 and oh in the NFC West this season. And this is the first matchup against the Arizona Cardinals this season. Colt McCoy, what a job in, in, uh, in for, for Kyler Murray. It's, it's one of those guys that when you hear his name, it's so familiar. It's like he never left the spotlight. But yet every time I hear Colt McCoy is starting a game for someone, I'm amazed that Colt McCoy is still in the NFL. Somehow, some way, it always surprises me. Keep in mind, this is the Azteca Stadium game in Mexico City. This is where the turf is awful. And who was the sideline reporter the last time, I believe, we had a game in Mexico City that he was making his debut on Monday Night Football and he was awful, like he could barely speak. He's having a blast on the sideline and he was talking to... One of the Vance one of the head coaches, who? yeah, it was Vance Joseph Vance who he was Joseph. talking to. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, who was the sideline reporter? You're saying yes, he was mocked like he became like a viral sensation because he was so awful, but you felt bad for him. I say you, like we all did as a public, but it was ESPN that put him on the air. Was it Booger McFarland? No, <laughs> no. We right, had, I, I'm Booger gonna, McFarland still allowed on the air. <laughs> There's a difference I'll, here. I'll look it up. Yeah, well, um, in, in the game in the game in Mexico, Dave, right? you have it. Sergio Dip, yeah. Sergio Dip. Remember him? Sergio Dip? We may have. the Colin will find it for us during the break. Maybe we can have this coming back. Oh, I see uh, that, it now. That is yeah. one big thing on every NFL game. And Chad, when you hear it, you're going to be like, oh, yes. Oh, immediately Sergio the Dip. video pops up. Awkward Monday Night Football debut makes its rounds yep. with Sergio Dip. Mexico City, Azteca, brings out the best. And uh, this is the, the, first, the fifth NFL game, excuse me, played at Azteca Stadium. And it's uh. <laughs> you. Sorry, YouTube and TMZ TV. The title of the video says "Say Hello and Goodbye to Sergio." Yes. Dip. Yeah, again, no, no offense, Booker McFarlane, because I realized why you went there. Yeah, but uh, he was the color commentator. Yes, but, right? well, but no, but remember they had him on the sideline on the Booger oh, mobile. That's right, yeah, the Booger, uh, for a short time. Oh I mean, it, that was also awful. But at least Booger McFarlane was allowed to stay on air the following week. Remember when Tony Saragusa, rest in peace, did those things yes. and it was like cute and charming and we yeah, all liked he it? Was, yeah, he was Because it was his personality and he's like eating, you know, turkey legs in the end zone <laughs> and things like that. And he we was all doing whatever it. he wanted in the end zone. And then Sergio Dip gets a hold of a mic and just yeah. ruins it for everyone. Our picks for Thursday night football, plus maybe we hear from Sergio Dip. Oh, we got to hear from Sergio. This is Outkick 360.
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Beth, coach, it's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close, just watching Coach Vance Joseph from here. You watch him now on the screen. This diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL, and here he is <laughs> having the time of his life. Beth. Sergio Dip there with uh, big game Beth. Beth Moen calling that game. Sir. <laughs> well, it starts on the wrong foot when he says, thanks, coach. Um, I yep. mean, coach Vance Joseph, that's who. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, oh. We watched the video during the break, too. But it, it's he gets so thrown off. It's like he had this vision of what it was going to be like and what he was going to see on his monitor the moment he came on. And he's waiting to see that video of Vance Joseph, and it's not quite there yet. And he just can't get going off of the off of first base yeah, until so he sees the video. And then it's just a stream of consciousness, like everything he wanted to say comes out at different times. Diversity, first year coach, Colorado, defensive back. He's just saying things that make no sense. But if if they were formatted properly, <laughs> they would. Look, as someone who did his first uh, on air report on a phone at a high school football game. I remember getting out of breath. I was so nervous just talking about a high school football game. But you got to just keep going. No matter what, even if you're getting out of breath, you're nervous, whatever it is, you cannot stop. That is a lesson for every young broadcaster. You got to keep going. You can't choke to that level. Because to my knowledge, Sergio Dip hasn't done any more NFL games since that one, has he? No. So I mean, I haven't seen him since then. You know what, though? Uh, we've seen him on uh, ESPN Deportes, I'm sure, doing something, but not... Uh, it's no. important to take this time to Short note lived. that Sergio Dip was talking about a first-year Broncos head coach, and Sergio Dip is a one-and-done. And now there's another first-year Broncos head coach who is, in fact, going to be a one-and-done in Nathaniel Hackett. Two worlds colliding, everyone coming together, symmetry at the end of the day with both of those guys. Chad, is the, uh, the resurgence of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense a one-and-done? after what we saw against Dallas, or do you think on the short week, given the fact they're hosting this game, uh, the Titans banged up. Uh, we, we know certainly uh, the players on, on defense that they finished with last, year, uh, last week. Uh, other players to injured reserve, like Lonnie Johnson put on IR today. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons is questionable, but I believe expected to play. Ben Jones isn't playing in this game. He's staying back in Nashville in concussion protocol. And so they will move some pieces around. Aaron Brewer moves to center from left guard, and then Dylan Radins moves to starting left guard tonight. At least that's the expectation as uh, the teams are arriving at Lambeau Field. I just think the Titans' defense, while great, can't continue to just flat-out win games, especially on the road, Lambeau, Thursday night. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is great. I don't think he did anything that great against the Cowboys, 
But I think they found enough Hutton to where you're not going to need a ton in this game to beat the Titans offensively right. with what their offense is yeah. going to do against a good Packers defense. So I, I think that they get the three. I'm going to say 21 to 17 Packers okay. in this game. A battle, but the Packers will cover the three points. And I'm going to go Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry with anytime touchdowns. Here, that's, so that's my bet with DraftKings. The last two times I've been at Lambeau where the Titans were playing them, uh, playing the Packers, they were able to jump out to big early leads because Devontae Adams could not be stopped against the Titans secondary. They were boat raced in 2020 uh, whenever it was uh, like, what was it, 50-something to 14 or whatever. It was a game, I believe, that was flexed to Sunday Night Football and really didn't impact. It was bad. It didn't impact much for what the Titans were doing uh, or maybe even Green Bay at that point. I can't remember if they could have clinched something that night or not. Nonetheless, it was not pretty. And then the most recent game, uh, that might have, yeah, that was the game. That was in the snow. And then previous to that, lost big as well. So um, the difference is, I don't know if Green Bay hits those big chunk plays like they have done in the past against the Titans defense because Adams isn't there. And that's kind of been the storyline, of course, all season. But they did hit some some big plays. The explosive plays were there against Dallas. But it stopped. It started after they got the run game going. Only six pass attempts by Aaron Rodgers in the first half against Dallas. I don't think they're able to have the same success. 18 carries, nearly 100 yards by the Packers in the first half last week because Dallas can't yep. stop the run. The Titans are very good at that, um, especially with Jeffrey Simmons. I think the Titans win this game. I think you know, Lambeau kicks a kick at Lambeau off the practice squad for the Titans, in for Randy Bullock, and the Titans win this low-scoring game. And In doing that, you're saying the return of Jeffrey Simmons is going to be huge yeah. in this game. But even without playing. him, they're very good uh, on the interior at stopping the run. The one thing I'm intrigued to watch, the matchup, the Packers run more RPO than any team in the NFL. And so, you know, David Long had the stinger issue last week at linebacker. They've got some other, Zach Cunningham's on injured reserve. How much does that factor into how they're going to try to spread um, sideline to sideline this Titans defense out a bit? Because Imani Hooker's hurt. Um, Caleb Farley, who, you know, on playing on special teams. I'm just giving examples. They've got a lot of different defenders who are not making this trip, and it's going to be more of the same. The good news is for the Titans, I believe, the role players on defense routinely step up. Can Tannehill find Traylon Burks or Chigakonkwo or uh, get someone? Can Westbrook Akine have back-to-back big performances? I'm taking the Titans on the road, uh, and I'll, I'll say 20-17. to 17. I think it's a field goal game. Either way, we're going to be talking about it tomorrow. Back at it tomorrow, and we'll preview all of college football and the entire NFL slate. We start at 3 Eastern for Outkick 360.